0: A good way to, to warm up and personally something that I like to do is tongue twisters. Oh, they're so fun. Also, I like did this whole thing with the deck of cards and I have a few selected that I think are really fun. So I'm going to say one and I'm going to try to get you guys to say it and we'll see how that goes. Does that sound good?
1: Yeah, oh, I love excited. the call and response.
0: Okay. <laughs> so this one is, is, is the shortest one that I, okay. that I selected and it's pad kid poured curd pulled cod. So pad kid, like P-A-D kid. Oh, I should probably just write it out in the chat.
1: Oh, yeah, that, that would help me a lot.
0: Yeah, okay. Because
1: memorization is no longer a skill of mine. Oh, come on, man. I, I, I lost it in the drawer. Give parts yourself less had.
0: credit, please. Yeah. Okay. Just yeah. really, okay. Okay, so I'm I'm the grandfather. I just sent a picture, but it's rotated poorly. So just rotate your computers in order to...
1: I'm just going to rotate my head
0: yeah oh no i've
1: got to move the computer
0: (laughs) okay so it's the middle one
2: pad kid poured curd pulled cod
0: perfect try it again faster
2: pad kid poured curd pulled cod
0: beautiful love it mitch your turn go
1: Uh, i can barely even read it um okay (laughs) oh no this is not gonna be good
0: (laughs) (laughs) getting old getting old mitch Uh,
1: i'm already old Mm, I'm smiling too much. Um <laughs> Pad Kid poured curd pulled cord.
0: <laughs> that was good. On, you had an extra letter God. in that last word. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The fish, not the audio accessory.
1: Oh, okay, okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna try it again. I'm gonna do this. Yeah, I'm gonna do this. I believe in you.
0: Okay. Um, Breathe.
1: Mm. <sighs> pad kid poured cord pulled cod. <laughs> I did it. I did Let, maybe let's try one of the other ones. You what you, yeah. you got you want to give us another one, Leo?
0: I like Rory, the, the bottom one. Um Rory the warrior and Roger the Warrior were reared wrongly in a rural brewery. What are they doing Ooh. in a rural brewery?
1: I can't even say the last... words. <laughs> Listen brewery.
0: to the narrative. I can't handle Listen this to moment. the story here. They were reared wrongly in a rural brewery, so you you have to you know
1: <laughs> What does this mean?
2: Welcome to Artistic Beginnings. I'm Mitch. And I'm Melody.
1: This is a podcast where we speak with a variety of creatives to learn about their artistic beginnings.
2: Today on our show, we have Leo Wiggins.
1: Leo is a voiceover artist working and living in New York City.
2: We had a really great discussion about the importance of art at an early age, the ins and outs of voiceover, and so much more.
0: So let's jump right back in. It's Rory the Warrior and Roger the Worrier were reared wrongly in a rural brewery.
2: Okay, I think I can do it.
0: Okay, Melody, no, you're believing Stop
2: you. laughing, though. Oh my God.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, so let me also funny. just say
1: it, it's funny, but but Leo, it sounds so good when you say it. Well, listen.
0: It's true. Practice makes.
2: <laughs> it's. I was like, to, I was about to say, it's like practice it. does something good. Practice um, does good things. It does. Hmm. Rory the Warrior and Roger the Worrier were reared wrongly in a rural brewery.
0: Yes. Very good. Way to go.
2: I love me some tongue twisters.
1: Yeah, what what is postalveolar?
0: Postalveolar or alveolar? Postalveo It's the the alveolar ridge is the hard palate. Mm.
2: It's like what it's supposed to be working out, huh? That's cool.
0: Yeah, it's the IPA so when you do rat, the space of that sound articulation is past the hard palate, but it's it's not it's not a specified articulator. It's it's an approximate. So it's a postalveolar approximant. The joys of uh, IPA. (laughs) I love IPA. (laughs) Mm. Fun fact, there are like 19 different R's. Like when I was trying to kind of figure out the IPA for this stuff. Yeah.
2: I just know like basic IPA.
0: (laughs) That's all you need sometimes for the dictionary, right?
1: Where did you get these cards?
0: I made them. I designed them from scratch.
1: See, I knew it.
0: (laughs) You cracked the case, Mitch.
1: (laughs) It was a trick question. I I caught you red-handed. I know. These are awesome. Mm Mm-hmm. Are they for purchase? These are. um... (laughs) I'm so glad you asked. No, no, I I really do need to practice. I don't even think I could say. Yeah.
2: Try it. Try it, Mitch. You're not getting out of it. You have to try it. I
1: know you have to. We're all Uh, waiting. Okay, and then we'll find out how to purchase these online. Okay. Um, Oh, my God. uh, Rory the warrior and. Oh no 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 no! Okay, Breathe. redoing. Take it slowly. It's okay, retry. Through the magic of editing, I will do this perfectly, <laughs> and you guys will be shown it's up gonna, masterfully
2: three say weeks each from word, now. <laughs> like, yep. Separately, so that yep. you can just edit it together like a sentence.
0: Welcome to the world of voiceover. <laughs> yeah,
1: it's it's so powerful. Um. Okay. <laughs> Rory the Warrior and Roger the Warrior were reared wrongly in a rural brewery nice there go. very good you got it nice yeah, yeah. i've got that post albacada uh approximate
0: <laughs> on nailed it Unlock. Yep. yep never gonna mess um. that up again
2: <laughs> 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 these are really how long did it take you to create these because they're so cool
0: yeah so okay one morning i woke up um and at the time i was doing daily news narration for a small news company in brooklyn and mm-hmm. i would have this like chunk of 600 words to narrate every morning before 9 a.m. And I was like, man, I just need while I was waiting for the script to come in. I was like, I want a way to warm up my various mouth parts (laughs) so that whatever the script was about, I wouldn't stumble over it. I I I remember this one news story about a garbage truck driver who like slammed his garbage truck into like nine parked cars in the Bronx. Mm -hmm. But in the news, in the news article, it was one unlucky Bronx block and I remember <laughs> fucking that up. Sorry, can I curse? Yep. Yeah. Great. I remember fucking that up just majestically for like twenty minutes. I was like one unlucky Bronx block. No one, one un- un- unlucky, unlucky Bronx. One unlucky Bronx block. And then I'm trying to say it in this sort of like, oh yeah, on one unlucky Bronx block. Oh god, on one unlucky <laughs> Bronx. It was the worst. So I was like. Okay, well, what I'm going to do, I'm going to go on Amazon, I'm going to buy just a deck of tongue twister cards, like surely that exists, that I can, I don't have to look at screens, I can just, I can take it with me when I travel, right, that sort of thing. And all of the tongue twister compilations that existed were for kids, were not necessarily hard. Oh, of
2: course, yeah. Sally sells seashells by the seashore. Yeah.
0: So they were, they were not, like, I remember Betty Botter bought some butter, that whole one. It's fun, but it's, and it's long, long. but it's not like hard. (laughs) Like the first time I read it. No,
2: it's true. It doesn't really do much.
0: (laughs) So I was like, well, it would be great. And I just couldn't find anything. And then I talked to my dad about it, who's a professional illustrator, and he's very like, we'll just make it then. So I chose 18 tongue twisters. I had to write a couple, I had to adjust a couple that I found and add some words and stuff. But I chose 18 that cover every single phoneme or spoken sound in American English specifically sorry spoken consonant sound uh i haven't done vowels and i'm learning as a californian that i probably Mm -hmm. should some remnant Mm -hmm. accents uh on certain words but Mm -hmm. in any case the selection and the writing of the tongue twisters took probably about a month the like formalizing the design took another month or two and then we ordered the first 100 decks and uh very quickly sold out so i had to order a second run And now I've sold something like 150. And again, the the point was not necessarily to like, this isn't my business. Like this isn't my focus in life (laughs) to to provide tongue twisters to voice actors and, and whoever wants them. But they look great. They feel great. And ultimately, it is not a lot of work for me now. I just have decks around. And, you know, yesterday I got an email from someone who lives in Delaware who was like, hey, can I have two decks? And I was like, okay, here, you know, Venmo me the money and I'll send them to you. That's
2: awesome.
0: Yeah. It's, it's really, it's it's been weird. And there was one day when I like mailed three to Italy, like two to Australia, a few to Canada, some to like Kansas and and Oregon, like all over the world, people are going through my stupid tongue twisters, (laughs) which is like really, really silly to think about. But you know, it, you follow your, your instincts and you kind of just accept the invitation of, uh collaboration my dad offering to do like he did to the the design on the back which just looks beautiful and i've actually had people say like can i buy a poster of the back of these cards and i was like let me <laughs> talk to my dad i guess i don't know hey. so it's 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 really cool it yeah it's really cool oh, it kind of like
1: ties all all of the things that you've done together so it's super neat um, right yeah this is really great and i i'm like we're definitely going to grab a, a deck of that so I'll, I'll hit you up after this uh mm-hmm. to figure out how to do that because yeah. they they do look very good and i'm intrigued um yeah. and i now want to see the the art on the back side so
0: um, right mm-hmm. stay <laughs> the tuned. art Take on the back side yeah
1: <laughs> that tramp stamp on that beautiful card
0: dude best tramp stamp <laughs> you'll ever see
1: on that note <laughs> 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 Welcome to the show, Leo. Thanks. This is Artistic Beginnings. And if you don't already know, this is basically your time to shine and and uh, shed a little light on your story leading up to today.
0: I want to, okay, so the first thing I want to say is for anybody who's planning on having kids, like with your children when they're young, get them into art classes, music classes, dance, drums, whatever, whatever types of classes you can put your kids in, like do it. Because so much of my life, I look back on in my elementary school, we had like mandatory drumline and dance class and art and choir, which I didn't take seriously at all. And instrumental music, I played trombone, like starting in, in elementary school. And I look at so many things in my life, and these like artistic endeavors and these artistic beginnings. And so much of them, so many of them kind of tie back to the sort of assumption that I have in life that... If I am interested in something, I can learn it and I can do it, which is like such a powerful feeling. Like, I don't know how to play the violin, but I am very confident that if I picked up a violin and like paid someone who knows how to play violin to teach me, given enough time, I could be an okay violin player. And that's a really like wonderful space to live in because it just means that like all these different methods of sharing my story and expressing myself and exploring my expression as as an artist. Are open to me pretty much all the time. So I started. I mean, I I was taking piano lessons when I was a kid, and then when I got to college, I wanted to be an artist because my dad was an artist. And I got, I, I went into uh, UC Irvine for a degree in art, and it was cool. But as you know, Mitch, I got like super early on. I got distracted by acapella, and Mm -hmm. (laughs) like got wrapped into the 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 choral world. And in that first year of college, I like went to the international championship of collegiate acapella so if you've seen the pitch perfect movie it's basically like i was anna kendrick right like she was Mm -hmm. playing me in my life which is which is really flattering of her uh,
1: you you are anna kendrick i -hmm.
0: i tell myself that's my morning affirmation every morning (laughs) i look in the mirror you are anna kendrick (laughs) (laughs) yeah exactly and i never stumble on the words so I, yeah, I, I ended up singing a ton in college and like toured the world with the men in black, like alumni choir, not the, not the movie franchise, but the, the alumni choir <laughs> black was spelled wrong. That's how, you know, it's, uh, it's different.
1: Yeah. No, uh, copyright infringement there. Right.
0: Exactly. Spelled. I think it was supposed to be a play on the word Baroque cause it was like B L A Q U E, but uh, it's hard to say, uh, you know, Joseph Husty, the director is kind of older and doesn't, I don't really get his sense of humor, you? but black 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 um black so having gotten out of college I started working actually at Apple at a retail store to like pay the bills and and kind of figure out what I was doing and through that I actually ended up taking a voiceover class with this woman who voiced a major character in Digimon which I watched as a kid and she's also like the voice of Kyle's mom in South Park Uh, her name's Mona Marshall and she's incredible. She's awesome. She voiced Izzy in Digimon. So if any listeners have seen Digimon, she's the one who goes prodigious, right? She's great lover. Hmm. And I had this class with her and it was totally just, I was, I, I didn't take it seriously at all. It was like a small group session at her house in California. And I just like, was like, whatever. Yeah, it should be fun. Cool and we were doing these like resonant experiments and and exercises and she was talking about what it's like to be a voice actor and these different elements of the job and i was like interested but not wasn't really taking it personally i wasn't going oh yeah this is this is what i'm going to do but at one point we were kind of exploring my lower range and everybody's kind of different ranges and she was saying like no there's a lot of work for voices like yours in voiceover and i was like well I mean, I think what happens for a lot of people who end up in voiceover, there are moments where people go, oh, you have a nice voice, or you're really good at talking, or you you do fun voices, that sort of thing, right? But when someone who's like been in the industry for 40 years is like, you have work waiting for you if you want it. It made a big impact on me. She was also like, come up with 12 characters, they should all be evil, go. And I was like, yes, <laughs> perfect. Just so immediately excited to explore that world. But then nothing really happened for a bit. I got, I ended up in New York, and a friend of mine, uh, Matthew Shipman, who's now in like Doctor Stone, and he's like being flown around the world for his anime, uh, anime work. He was in Yu Gi Oh when I met him, and I was like, had so many questions. I was like, oh my god, I I, I had this great session with a voice actress in California. I want to know more, and as we talked, he he basically was like, yeah, take acting classes, you know, work on the craft, be come cognizant of the choices that actors are making and you know there is this kind of opening the curtain moment when you start voiceover where you realize that every time you hear a voice it, it is mostly people <laughs> even to the, the degree that like you watch i don't know peanuts and snoopy and um woodstock the the dog and the bird from peanuts are like are they they're people who like voice those characters and that's kind of a, a mind-blowing moment where you're like oh my god you know, the voice that says like, please stand clear of the doors is like a guy who like went into a booth and recorded that. And now his voice is used every day for millions of people. And that's crazy. It's super wild to think about. And then in 2017, I started taking it more way more seriously. I like invested money in it and I started really getting a lot of training. And uh, now I work pretty regularly. Yeah. And video games and animation and weird bits and bobbles And yeah. It's fun. It's it's so weird, but it's so much fun.
1: <laughs> I, I love hearing these stories because it's basically you're building up all of the different skills and different interests, like piece by piece as you are growing until you get to this final kind of profession. And you're like, oh, this is what I've been training for my entire life. I've just been picking up the skills required to accomplish it. And I didn't piece it all together until you hit that moment. I find it fascinating because... I feel like voiceover is kind of that amalgamation, right, of all of the vocal training that you were doing, the development of the interest in the arts and the process early on in life and the classes that you were talking about. And it's it's super great to hear that that's kind of consistent across the board. Are there any other kind of pivotal moments in your life that you've noticed have led you down to this particular path?
0: Yeah, um, good question. When I was working at Apple Retail, I found myself drawn to teaching classes and a big part of the teaching classes that i really liked and was drawn to is you know this as well mitch because you do public speaking and you and you have to address rooms of people no group of people is the same no students are the same so even though you might have a general idea of what you're going to say and how you're going to present information to people there's no real predicting how people will react so a lot of it's it feels very fresh no matter how many times you do a thing i mean of course you can like you know whatever just clock out and not think about it and just go on autopilot. But when you're really like active on stage in front of people, talking to them and, and exchanging information, like giving them information, but also checking their understanding of it and being, giving that, that kind of give and take. It's very dynamic. Like I never really felt like, Oh yeah, this again, it's like, Oh no, no, this person has their own concerns and their own holdups and all these things. And I think that was really one of the first times that I became aware of that like a nine to five job that had the same set of responsibilities every day would just drive me up the wall insane.
1: Yeah. That life is not for everybody. It's tough,
0: man. I don't know how people do it, but again, I'm glad people do because like the stock market needs to happen. Right. And like, yeah.
1: And some people really find pure enjoyment from it. I mean, like you'll always hear about the people that are like, Oh, I hate my nine to five. But then there's also other people that are like, Oh, I, really enjoy this because it gives me the ability to do what I want to do.
0: It's like structure, right? Exactly. Yeah. And I, I just can't, I, I, I find myself really bored very quickly if I'm doing the same thing. And so I think in that moment of teaching in that moment of, and and for singing as well, like every performance is going to be a little bit different because your instrument, your vocal instrument changes every day. And, you know, when we were singing in China, it felt very different because the humidity was so, so tropical at that time. And then we were in Bratislava Slovakia and it was like crisp and cold. It was like your instrument, your apparatus changes so dramatically in these different environments that no two performances really feel the same either. And they shouldn't, you know, you should really kind of be present as a storyteller. I, I think it's my opinion.
1: I think that being present and Melody can attest to this from, from the acting perspective as well as like, yeah. I think the, the phrase is like acting is reacting. And if right. you're not actually in the present moment you're not actually acting or being natural.
2: Yeah, I mean that's like the thing with great actors is, you know, it's different ver- film TV versus theater, but theater-wise, it's a different show every night because the audience is different. Like you were saying, it you get a different people aren't going to laugh at the same things that they may laugh at before, so it's if you're not listening, if you're just kind of on autopilot, you miss things all the time.
0: And also, like, and I'm sure you can attest to this, Melody, like, isn't it more fun when you are, like, in a place where you can be surprised by something and discover yes. a new element of the performance in yourself versus, oh, yeah. like, you know, again, like muscle memory, right?
2: Yeah, I mean, you know, the thing with film TV, it's, it's a whole other monster in itself, but, you know, you do one scene maybe four or five times generally in the same way or sometimes you'll have a director who's just like, great, let's just fuck with it and see what happens. And those are always fun because you're just like, great. But when it's theater, the whole live element, if you fuck up a line in film TV, they just cut and redo it. If you fuck up on stage, you have to figure it out. And you, you know, like there have been plenty of times where I've been in shows where people will go up on lines. It's a human thing to do. Sometimes you just forget. But I also think that kind of... What comes into play with that is if you're not truly there and you're not truly present, you're more likely to do that. And also, if you aren't truly there and somebody does go up on a line, you are going to not respond in the proper way. But yeah, it is it is so much more fun because you get – like I said, it's dim every night. It's, you know – Sometimes your scene partner is going to be in a bad mood and you have to play off that. And, you know, like that, it adds a whole new element to
0: it. Yeah. Yeah, totally.
1: When you first kind of told us your story, I I was super stoked because Melody and I have this conversation all the time, probably because of our our dad, who's a a music educator in uh, currently in the the Burbank school district. Uh, He's also teaching.
0: Shout out to Burbank.
1: Yeah, shout out to Burbank. Burbank. Also, shout out to CSUN. He's a a professor there now, uh, which is very cool. cool. Basically, he's instilled in us this huge drive to convince everybody that we speak with that arts education needs to be better and more accessible to as many people as possible. Not only to develop more artists and creatives in the world, but to give people the perspective they need to go about their lives in a more positive and a more efficient way so hearing you kind of give that shout out to just like getting everybody more into the arts and earlier on in life like if you're your parent or any of that it's super great to hear yeah because we we feel exactly the same way and that was yes. actually what inspired us to to start talking to more people about this in this kind of format because everyone we're speaking with has a very similar kind of fortunate position to have had that opportunity when we were young, whereas yeah. we know that others uh, did not. But I'd I'd love to hear uh, before we we really deep dive into your your current career on uh, voiceover and and all that that has to to bring for your life. <laughs> I, w- I want to hear a little bit more about kind of how your the transitions kind of happened between all of the little uh, kind of. Different paths that you were taking. So you started off uh, kind of trombone and uh, piano lessons and all that kind of stuff, and then yeah. moved over into all these other facets of your life.
0: Yeah, I want to stress, it is such a crazy degree of privilege. Just like be totally frank about it, like mm-hmm. the to have private piano lessons and then to be in a school district that could afford to have instruments for the kids to play. Mm-hmm. And for anybody out there who's been in a avocational or professional choir setting, it is. Painful the lack of diversity, just the sheer number of groups that are like predominantly white and Mm -hmm. clearly from places of privilege. And it's none, it's no, no individual's faults, but it is definitely something that I think the more cognizant of it we can be, the more you can like donate money to your local school so that they have funds for having a music department and not cutting their art programs. But also, I wanted to stress, I was listening to the first two episodes of this podcast and they're great, they sound wonderful. There was this conversation about art and sort of what art is. And I, I wanna get on a soapbox for a second because yeah. I think as I started in instrumental music and then I transitioned to singing and then I transitioned to acting, basically. And I again all of this visual arts the whole way through. And then I've like dabbled in videography and I've and I've, you know, did sculpture and performance art. Like I've tried I've done a lot of different types of arts. I think people use the word art and sometimes feel excluded from it they feel like art is this thing that other people do you know artists are artists and then i'm i'm not an artist i'm a lawyer or i'm a banker but almost every form of art is an is uh and i haven't really fully formed this thought so it's probably going to sound crazy i kind of get the impression throughout my years that art is a is a sort of method of channeling our innate storytelling desire to like share our story and feel not alone and build community and be vulnerable with one another. And that's something every human has like period, you know, mm-hmm. full stop. Every person I know at some point doodled in the margins of their homework or tapped their foot to a song that they listen to. There's no culture of humanity that doesn't have visual or instrumental or, or like music you know, and uh, visual art or music and it's really difficult when when people start seeing art as a as a byproduct of like training when in fact everyone should be like oh yeah no i can make music because it's part of my species it's part of who i am just as being human it is it is available to me and i think if that is the mindset that everybody has when people have kids there shouldn't even be a question of how do i get my kids involved or should i get my kids involved with music it should be like how is music Involved in their lives, and how can I make it more involved? Because, you know, I think about the emotional maturity that comes with being a cognizant storyteller and acknowledging pain and acknowledging suffering. Anyway, so just wanted to throw that out there because I, I hear a lot of like, especially when you start getting paid as a singer or when you start getting paid as an artist, a visual artist, like I'll draw something or I'll, I'll sing something, and then people will be like, wow, I wish I could do that. And I'm like, you so can. <laughs> you totally, yeah. totally can. It's just practice. I'm so bad at everything, but I've worked really hard on some things and I'm a little bit not as bad at them anymore. And now sometimes people throw money at me. And that's really a great feeling. But it's just a byproduct of the amount of work that I've put into the different crafts that I've been a part of, you know?
1: Yeah. Can you talk a little bit more about kind of your process for starting out on something new that you're you're probably not very good at? taking in what you're you're saying, like you have to start from somewhere, right? How do you get to that next level of taking on the challenge of of becoming more of an expert in that field?
0: I mean, it's hard because like everything is a completely different beast, but a lot of it comes down to understanding what resources there are for ed- people. Like I can't count the number of people who are like, oh, I don't know how to use computers or like, I don't know how to edit video when there are thousands and thousands of free tutorials online, right? And not knowing about that resource or not knowing how to utilize it or not knowing how to like actively glean useful information from that can be really crippling. So I think like if I tomorrow was like, okay, I'm going to learn the ukulele. Well, I would need some way of practicing. So I'd need to acquire the necessary hardware just on a very basic level. I have a general sense of string instruments. I've never played them, but like knowing that you need to have the muscle memory of where the strings are and, and, and that sort of thing. But also I think understanding that there are free resources out there for people as much as like I love private lessons and can and and very uh, luckily I'm in a place where I can pay people to teach me how to do things. Knowing that there are people who either do like exchange programs where you teach someone something and they teach you something or knowing about the resources that are available as part of like the library and things like that. I think generally my process is very much try my best with the hardware that i have and if it works great if it doesn't work great that's fine just identify kind of where i'm at and then through like self-diagnosis or or looking at other and this is another thing in visual arts you can find right now you can go on instagram you can find some of the most incredible artists in the world period and they're sharing every day the art they're making how they're making it how they're practicing every day how no one stops practicing ever And that's so deeply inspirational for me, right? And when I was teaching people how to use technology, and I still do sometimes, a lot of it's like activating internal motivation because someone who sits down to learn a new thing, like a new art or a new form, if they're doing so at the behest of someone else, it's just not, it's going to be sort of an artificial process that's going to feel very forced versus if someone sits down at a piano and you're like, do you remember that cartoon, um, the owl, the owl cartoon, where he's like, "I love to sing about the moon and the juna and the springer," and then the the father's like, "No jazz!" and he's like so angry about his kid singing jazz, and he makes him sing the "Drink to Me Only with Thine Eyes," and it's the whole thing's basically the parents don't accept that their kid, who I think was literally voiced by Al Jolson, which is hilarious, <laughs> um, is is like a born jazz singer, and the kid through distancing himself from his parents and embracing the fact that he loved to sing jazz then found success and fulfillment through that and then his parents recognized his passion and like embraced that it's really a, a sweet cartoon i think you can find it on youtube probably but
1: we'll put that in the show notes
0: <laughs> i go i go back to that even just because it's it's a great song and it's a fun video um <laughs> Yeah. But I, I think activating internal motivation is really important. So if someone wanted to learn a new art or wanted to start a new thing, whether it's voice acting or acting or singing or dancing or whatever it is, find find something that inspires you. Understand that if you can't do it now, it's because you haven't practiced enough and find a way to make practice fun. And like literally every art form will open up to you. And if not, I have a the, in, in my family, on my mom's side of the family, there's a, a tremor, like my my granddad had a, had a tremor that could, as I get older, impact my ability to do visual art, right? Like as I go to paint or as I go to draw, my hand might shake and I might not be able to do that anymore. So understanding that limitation, that potential limitation in my life, I have other forms of creative outlets that are maybe bigger or more gestural or less, you know, about fine dexterity and more about music or more about. Even just conceptual art, I enjoy finding outlets that are not, because again, I might not be able to do visual art in 30 years or in 20 years, you know? And I think the same thing about people who maybe are colorblind or have some degree of uh, being hard of hearing or deaf or uh, visual impairment. Like there are so many types of art and artistic expression that acknowledging your own limitations is, is a great first step, but then find something that inspires you and do that because it's so humanizing. It's great.
1: I love that point because you can definitely find something that will fit with the need for creative expression that you can also fulfill based on any limitations that that you may or, or may not have. So I, I think that's incredibly important. And uh, thank you for sharing that, Leo.
0: Yeah, no problem.
1: I also really like the theme that seems to be coming up a lot is adaptability and, and kind of drive to keep on trying new methods of uh, creativity of of art. How much of that for you do you think is just your your internal, like that's just kind of like how you view the world and how much of it do you attribute to kind of your upbringing and, and your access to those kind of um, understandings?
0: Yeah, we have this kind of nature versus nurture idea. I still haven't really decided like how much of my personality and my my interests and my passion is a byproduct of early influence you know like my parents both played instruments around the house but my dad's a visual like visual artist and my sister did a lot of really great art so i see so much i see so much of what i've done and my interest in learning new things as a direct byproduct of the insane household i'm from You know, and I think the same thing you've you've talked about, like your parents both being able to equip both of you with audition practices and things like that. It's really it's kind of hard to separate cause and and cause and effect. But certainly I think my like restlessness and desire to not ever stop doing stuff contributes to the like trying new things and experimenting with new forms and. Sometimes I'll do a drawing of something that I've drawn before and I get to this point of like, oh my God, I can't believe that I'm making safe decisions. Let me grab some like <laughs> red ink or some like a crazy tool that I've never used before. And like, let's screw this drawing up. Like, let's do it. You know, I take a picture of before because I'm like, yeah, you know, maybe, maybe it'll be worth <laughs> like documenting <laughs> this 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 train wreck but i don't know i've just firsthand had so many experiences where trying a new thing you know i did i'm in my first improv class right now like i'm taking improv at uh the magnet school of improv in in manhattan yes and it's so much fun and i'd never taken improv before but it's it's so much fun i, I took a, a motion capture class in toronto back in gosh maybe september I like flew to Toronto for forty six hours to do an all day impro- uh, an all day motion capture video game acting class at the mocap vaults. And even if I never end up in the mocap volume, which I very much hope to do at some point, I so enjoyed that process of becoming aware of a whole new side of things. Right, like when I talk to my friends who are dancers they are so aware of their body and how their body moves and the position of everything. And these little muscles that I don't even know I have, uh, hmm. they're like distinctly aware of that. And when you start tapping into this new awareness, it's exhilarating, right? Like, you know, the first time you, I, I don't know, do either of you, are you, are you like coffee snobs or like super into whiskey or like any of these really, uh, niche areas?
1: I'm turning into a coffee snob.
0: Oh yeah, I like are you? Tea.
2: <laughs> you
0: like tea? So, do you ever do like coffee tastings or tea tastings? Where it's like,
2: oh yeah, totally.
0: D- yep. And it's crazy the way that that like simple thing of just like a beverage can mm-hmm. can be like, oh my god, no, I'm starting to taste these different notes of coffee beans, right? Or like I'm starting mm-hmm. to taste like the difference in these herbs that are used in these different teas. Yeah, it's it's wild, and I feel like is a celebration of what we're capable of as humans to be like, I can, my tongue can taste the difference between a bean, bean water from that area of the world and bean water from this area of the world. Or like, depending on which leaves we mashed up before we like stuck it in this hot water. Like I, I have wholly different experiences and all of that's a byproduct of what we're capable of as people.
2: Right.
1: Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Like you're, you're spouting so many like just raw truths. Leo, I I freaking love this. (laughs) So
0: I mean, I thought about lying the whole time, but I just feel felt, <laughs> <laughs> felt better to. Oh,
2: we'll do another episode where you just lie to us the entire time. Just How's that you'll sense? never make it, kid.
1: Give up. You'll never make <laughs> it. Yeah, yeah. Give what up. do you want to do? Art is too bad. It's dumb. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Enjoy being broke forever. <laughs> oh, great. Oh, man. I, do, yes. I do. I do. I remember walking by a hotel in Midtown. And just like looking at like a guy came out of the the hotel wearing this really nice suit with his like daughter and his daughter was like six or seven years old. And I looked at him and I was like, I'm never going to have as much money as that person. like i do that on a daily basis yeah, new york's wild for that where like i just look at buildings and i'm like i'm never going to be allowed in that building yeah.
2: <laughs> it's i mean new york is there's no like middle class here you either are super rich or you're broke right
1: it's <laughs> there's wild
2: no in between yeah, yeah no it's crazy
1: I do want to have a talk about kind of the the work you're doing now with the video game voiceover acting and everything. Tell me a little bit like why you you found yourself in that kind of space. And is that like a niche that you feel like you're going to really deeply explore for a long time or you're going to kind of experiment?
0: Yeah. So some of this might come down to the fact that like I watched a lot of cartoons when I was a kid and I definitely played video games um up until I stopped having time to play video games because now I'm recording for video games which is kind of a frustrating truth where it's like man yeah I sure like I have the Spider-Man game that came out on PS4 it's still wrapped just sitting in my living room like <laughs> and there's incredible voice acting in that game and like I want to see it I want to hear it and I want to like be aware of the craft but I'm too busy recording a video game right now. And it's like Mm -hmm. I just all of my free time is just kind of being sucked up by this. But no, I mean, like commercial voiceover. all the different. There are so many types of voiceover work and certainly like because of my past interests and the things that I've done in my life, it's fun to do animation and video game work. And I've just been so, so lucky. I don't know what it is like, I guess I just have acting instincts. Born out of experience of those mediums, you know, like I spent so long ignoring commercials and just being totally disinterested in commercials that when I go to do commercial, like a commercial audition, I just, I don't know, it, it feels very artificial and it sounds very artificial. It doesn't feel real. But then someone's like, "Hey, you just got axed in the leg," and I'm like, "Yeah, I know how that feels. Cool, let's do it." God, I was recording. I was I'm in the Blair Witch game that came out last year in like August 30th, I think was the release day. I'm in that game and. As part of that, they'd be like, okay, make dying noises, but we haven't designed the monsters yet. So just general dying noises. And I'm like, okay, do, uh, hmm, do you think that the monsters have like claws or like how, how am I dying? And they're like, I don't know, just die from going insane. And I was like, okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> and then I had this like recording session where I was just in my home studio dying from going insane and frankly shocked that the police weren't called. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> You know, it's the thin. You're fine. The, it's it's New York. They're like, uh, another murder. There we go. It's a regular Tuesday. Typical Tuesday. You know, murder Tuesdays. <laughs> that's what we call them. Um, it's very, it was. It's very. on that one. I, I know. I murder Mondays sounds better, but murderers don't don't do the alliteration. They thing. don't discriminate. They don't. They they're not catchy. You know, uh, that's my biggest complaint about them. I do see myself sticking around in animation and video games. You know, I'm, I'm actually, I don't, I don't know how much I can say about it, but on Tuesday I'm recording the trailer for a feature-length film in which I play the main villain. And it's my first feature-length animated movie. And I'm beyond, we'll say, excited, uh, a little bit terrified, but really excited to, to kind of dive into a full movie, especially as a character who's pretty prominent, perhaps also dominant. I mean, it could be it mm-hmm. could, could be sort of a, <laughs> a domineering character. But uh yeah, I mean it, it's funny because work kind of leads into work. And and as I I don't I don't really think there's a lot of and it's probably true for acting as well to a degree, like like on screen, on camera or um theater acting as well. Yeah. But like a big part of what gets you the role is your audition, kind of regardless of your past work, because mm-hmm. while it's good to know that people have worked, it doesn't Like, I don't care if you've worked before, if you can't do the job that I want you to do now.
2: Yeah, 100%. Like, (laughs) it helps sometimes, but nine times out of 10, it's, you know, the work that you do in the room is the most important. You could have done, you know, 20 jobs before that, or this could be your very first audition. It's just if you are exactly what they're looking for at that moment in time.
0: And maybe I'll end up, you know, I did my first audiobook at the end of last year, and that wasn't super torturous but it it wasn't also super great it wasn't something that i that really connected with me that i felt passionate about and doing the mocap class really was special and the thing that i love about voiceover is also a thing that becomes difficult which is that you know i like i was recording scenes of of like fighting violently with someone and like screaming at them and being thrown around and being beat up sitting in my closet like the 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 mental disconnect of making that sound and feel real for me as a voice actor and for you as the listener to hear me and go oh my god he was just thrown against a tree Mm -hmm. like to create that reality despite physical inactivity is is really hard and it's fun it's fun to kind of create understand how to create tension in different parts of your body and allow that to affect the voice and, and and sort of that can be really fun in this sort of masochistic way but I also then see like the behind the scenes footage of people, even though they're in these like insane outfits in these crazy blue rooms holding like PVC pipe for swords. I'm like, Oh my God, the chance to swing a sword, even if it's a PVC pipe and to make the sound associated with that, as you do the action just sounds so invigorating to me. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I mean, we'll see uh, the, the way that this, my career has been so far has been, Me auditioning for things as auditions become available to me, I book a lot more in animation and video games than I do in any other field of voiceover. So clearly it kind of seems like that's where my strength is. But ultimately what happens in this industry is you meet someone and they say, Hey, I've got an opportunity for you. And then you end up doing that kind of work. Like I've done a bunch of, um, internal corporate training modules, you know, like, Mm. Hey, Mm. congratulations. You've just completed this part of this training module up next we're gonna do that you know that sort of thing and this one company I've, I've worked with them a bunch of times and i'm like recording a mini documentary series right now where i do a ton of ton of different episodes so it's who knows man <laughs> like i had a class with randy thomas a little while ago and she's the voice of the oscars and the voice of the um mm-hmm. academy awards and she's the voice of wait that's the same thing golden globes and she's the voice of like the Grammys, I think also for the last 10 years. And she, wow. she's incredible. That's I mean, she's so amazing. Cool. And talking about like live announce, I would never want to do it because she's like one button talks to my like producer and the other one makes my voice go live for 200 million viewers. Like mm. it, it's an That's insane. <laughs> yeah. I'm like I'm like, I would just not push that button. I would just quit. I would retire rather than push the button that makes, you know, 200 million <laughs> people hear me. Um, they're yeah. like okay talk and I'm like oh, okay I'm taking my headphones off and I'm going home but it was it was really interesting to hear about her experience and a lot of people that end up in these fields don't always intend to end up where they meant to be so I don't know I'm I'm just open you know working on my craft training in the ways that I haven't trained before and staying <laughs> staying humble uh, sometimes frustratingly so for my friends who are like great job and I'm like no no mm-hmm. <laughs> they're like you're great and i'm like you're lying Could've to me <laughs> i'm the worst <laughs> yeah. i'm garbage and they're like but you booked more than me and i'm like but you're a shining star in the sky and i'm a burning pile of garbage uh so <laughs> there's I, I definitely have some opportunities for my self-image but it it's fine uh ultimately well i don't know i don't know where my career is gonna head but so far it's pretty fun yeah
1: awesome it really is and yeah man it's it's really cool to see where you're you're headed and and where you've gone so far so I I'm excited to see what happens next for you for sure
0: thanks me too yeah <laughs> good I'm glad you're Who knows? excited maybe
2: you'll be the new uh train announcer
0: oh my god I would
2: Could you imagine <laughs> some of those
1: need some updates don't they
0: I was yeah. listening Awful I was Gina checking has one oh, now. Yeah. she does oh that's seven. true on the seven train yeah, yeah she
2: has the seven train because of her new um I want to say it's on hulu right her new show it's, on, it's her, on some streaming man. service yeah it's uh, she's killing it yeah
0: mm-hmm. yeah 100 i yeah. i was i was counting it up blair witch so the blair witch game has mm-hmm. on youtube the last time i checked was a couple months ago it had like a combined like 15 million views and that's wow. just baffling like to, that's like wild. that's Two New York cities have heard my stupid voice, so that, that's just <laughs> like. Well,
1: it puts in perspective the the scale of voiceover that people it's don't true. fully comprehend. Like that's an insane number, and you. And is it correct that you recorded that also from your, the microphone you're you're uh, speaking from right now?
0: One hundred percent. Yeah, I was I was sitting in the chair I'm that's sitting wild. in on the cushion I was sitting on, and yeah
2: in the same shirt
0: (laughs) slightly different shirt i think i was i sweat so much during those sessions that's maybe too much information but it's like
1: well when you're dying stressful it's stressful
0: and when you're like i i was doing a live directed session with the guys the team is from um poland and they were on skype and so they were watching me and i was like okay we're gonna do a take and then it was like my character was like running through the woods and so and you mm. you can like cut this part out, but I was basically like, ah, 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 oh shit, fuck, you know, like like super intense, <laughs> and like to to get that sound, sometimes you have to like move, and then right. I and I did the take, and then I like stopped and was like, okay, how was that, guys? How how'd that look? <laughs> and they were like, that was the weirdest fucking thing to watch, <laughs> and it's, you know as is the case you kind of like forget that there's an audience at times because it's just it it becomes real but i oh god i was so sweaty after i actually oh my god i had to do um in in games you have to do exertions and sounds of effort and if there's any action that's taken that has a sound you have to record that sound but it's also things like oftentimes games will opt not to have like a stamina meter and instead you have auditory cues of your character briefs heavier as you get more tired so i had to record 10 levels of intensity of breath of like resting is one and like hyperventilating is 10 and I had to record like a minute of each so that they could like string them together and levels 8, 9 and 10 of those breathing recording sessions I actually had to stop a couple of times because the room was vibrating like the entire room was shivering in my vision and I was like I wonder how close I am to just blacking out <laughs> and it was crazy but also very silly I, I i think about the voice actor who voices goku in dragon ball z had a, a session where he was transforming into super saiyan 3 and he um blacked out in the middle of screaming and <laughs> apparently woke up on the f- like floor of the padded voice booth to someone in his ear going hey uh y- you okay you all right in there? <laughs> <laughs> and he was
1: pushing your body to the extremes
0: so, no, I'm, I think I'm I'm wearing more clothes now than I did during those sessions. <laughs> That's a fair, weird sentence. That is. I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> well, now my mind is going to, are you sure
1: you were really <laughs> doing the voiceover for that? And it wasn't just randos on, in, uh, oh, where was it again? Poland? And did something <sighs> no. sketchy they're looking for? Um,
0: Yeah, they just have recordings of this, like, Brooklyn boy in a tank top just... Breathing heavily.
1: Yeah, they're very was exciting. Strange. They asked me not to wear pants. I don't know.
0: You know, those directors, they just have different no for they the all record have different visions. They have different visions. Different different things in vision. No, that mm. for the record, that team is incredible. They're amazing. Blueberry team, shout out. You're amazing. Anyway. Mm.
1: Okay, My well, God. now we've got to keep it in. Okay, great.
2: Yeah. No, it's it's all staying in. I don't know why you both <laughs> uh, think that God. this is getting cut at all. <laughs> I don't care if this is a two-hour episode. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, Leo, we definitely uh, just let the episodes go as long as they need to go. Um, oh, and-
0: Lord. In, I apologize in that, to your audience.
1: No, no, they're gonna love it, and uh, we're gonna make them. Um, yeah. My mom will love it. <laughs> I
0: <know>. So um, <laughs> hello, Mrs. Hollis.
1: <laughs> yeah, there we go. See, that's all we needed. So if you do have time, Leo, I really hope yeah. you do. Yeah, yeah. we have closing questions. sure So to close up the the episode, we're gonna just ask you a few of these questions and uh, we'll we'll learn a bit more about you.
0: Yes. Great.
2: All right. okay. Here we go. okay. What is the hardest thing about pursuing the arts?
0: So many arts require sharing your story and putting yourself out there and rejection when you have told something or done something very honest to who you are is almost impossible not to take personally. So I think the hardest thing about being in the arts is putting yourself out there and being brave and then being told no like a thousand times and not. Letting that ruin your self-image because your value is not linked to other people's approval.
1: Who have you learned the most from?
0: I will take this moment to brag and say Patrick Seitz, who is the voice of um, Scorpion from Mortal Kombat, was Garrosh Hellscream in World of Warcraft. Not only in answering literal questions of mine where I'm like mm-hmm. sending him emails and saying, hey, can I have these questions. And he's like super nice and has responded and he's, he's amazing he also models the behavior of being a kind and approachable and humble voice actor even having like voiced some of the biggest roles in video games and animation so i think beyond even just like technical things cuz i have so many teachers i could mention and like you know artists who have inspired me with their philosophy to art and and how to create and how to stay motivated like really reaching out to someone who is a hero of mine and them being so receptive i'm like okay cool, let me never be less than that in the future, right?
2: What resource have you learned the most from?
0: Well, as a voice actor, the media that you watch and listen to, because there's no substitute. Like if you, if you want to be a film actor, like watch movies, right? Like you can't, mm-hmm. you, you kind of have to be aware of the art form as a whole. So frankly, the resource that has most aided me in my career is probably the video games and um, animation that I've watched. But I would say like on a practical level for anybody who's interested in voiceover, there are free websites that have like, you know, fan for fun projects, but but things that, again, give you an opportunity to try and fail with very little investment. So somewhere between those two things.
1: (laughs) Has there been one particular piece of media that you've learned the most from in kind of developing your voiceover skills?
0: I will say for anybody who hasn't seen the video game Last of Us or played the video game Last of Us, Troy Baker, who's just an incredible voice actor and an- another hero of mine, voices Joel in The Last of Us and there's a scene in the beginning of the game that's really emotional and his performance as that character throughout that game is is really breathtaking and I think ultimately when I think of like a masterpiece performance I think of that and there's also there there are interviews with him where he talks about the experience as the actor who did that scene and how you know they had to do it 18 times and after the like the time that he got it he said he like went home and like collapsed weeping into his wife's arms and just like how deeply affected he was by that scene and you know I think it's like I will go back and just rewatch that scene because it's like it's just such a I think it's a master Again, knowing that he's in a mocap volume, but giving so much truth and and reality to that performance, even though he's wearing like a suit with ping pong balls on it.
1: (laughs) Mm -hmm. Do you have a favorite quote or piece of wisdom that you kind of keep in the back of your mind?
0: Literally? Okay. I don't know if anybody here. Did you watch uh, Adventure Time?
1: Yes. (laughs) I've I've seen some.
0: (laughs) Okay. Melody has. Do you remember the episode where Finn is like being shown the goblin kingdom? It's in the first season and the goblin king is like showing him around. Do you, do you kind of vaguely remember that?
2: It's been a minute, but I think so, yes
0: <laughs> My favorite quote, which is not at all inspirational. I probably have one that's inspirational too, but it's my favorite voiceover soundbite. Finn is shown to the goblin birthing pits and the goblin Kings like, these are the goblin birthing pits where goblins are being born. And out of the muck this like gross goblin is is like emerging and he just goes, "I'm being born. And then it cuts to Finn and Finn goes, ew. <laughs> and it's my favorite like two-line joke of the I'm being born. And then Finn being like, gross. <laughs> it's like I
2: love that.
0: God, it's it's magnificent. I actually have a picture of the goblin being born hung next to my desk because I like to remember that moment. <laughs> I would say. I don't know if there's like a single quote, but someone at one point expressed failure is, is the moment that you, you choose to stop trying because like, no matter how many times you're told no from auditions, like you could be rejected a hundred times. If you don't go to that hundred and first audition, your career has ended. Right. But if you still, if you still go, if you maybe adapt your strategy, if you keep going and you are resilient, your journey never ends. Right. And that sentiment, that idea really, I think about a lot.
1: Both of those are already beautiful. So thank you. <laughs> I'm being born.
2: <laughs> what is your favorite piece of art right now? Could be music, movie, TV show, video game.
0: So the the musician Jacob Collier, my, uh, my close friends who I, I talk to often are tired of me talking about him. But <laughs> Jacob Collier is really incredible. Uh, great musician. He just won two more Grammys. And one of the Grammys he won was for his arrangement of Moon River and I've got to say I mean there are so many I I discover music all the time that just like moves me to my soul you know Last of Us and, and some of these big video games and even like books and just art artists I follow so many artists on Instagram who just like their paintings are beyond beautiful and God, if I look around my apartment, I'll just see art that I'm like, fuck, I should have said that. Because <laughs> that's the most. But what comes to mind is is Moon River by Jacob Collier as a song. And because he he over like 20 measures, he modulates from like B half flat to like C half flat. And the entire basic arrangement, the the the, the vocal arrangement slowly modulates upwards in sense. And it's not even in terms of Western scale degrees. But mm-hmm. the the thing that blows me away about that is that it is it is a gestural experience. It's not like it could be this sort of weird scientific experience, like, oh, I need it, change keys. But it's it's so much more like it feels like it's breathing and opening up and brightening impossibly in a way that is really surreal. And I remember the first time I listened to it, I played it back like six or seven times just marveling in the feeling of of really being swept away on kind of a musical journey. So that's my answer. It'll change in a matter of seconds. Sticking to it. Love (laughs) it.
1: Yeah, I I particularly like that one because Jacob Collier is honestly just a freaking beast. Uh, Like I went to go see him perform live last year. Oh, yeah. And he's just a wild, wacky dude. But the stuff he produces is just so well thought through i mean uh, to put it to scale herbie hancock was in the audience watching right. this guy and it's right, right, just right. like and he stood up immediately as, as soon as like the show ended and and you're like he's seen this multiple times he's like a mentor to to jacob collier and they're and all like stuff. friends they're, they're friends it's nuts but it's because jacob is just on like some other level
0: it's insane yeah it's very cool yeah it's wild. He's he's great live. Uh, for mm. anybody who hasn't seen him and knows who he is. Uh if you don't know who he is, check him out. Uh you might hate it. And if you don't know who he if you do know who he is, see him live. And if you like him. If you know who he is and you don't like him, don't see him live. So <laughs> there you go. <laughs> There's a I've created like a nice like table of of yes or no's. It's like choose your own adventure. If you like Jacob Collier, turn to page 14. <laughs> oh, great. I love it.
1: Great. So this one can go down uh, the rabbit hole a little bit. Take it at however you'd like. What keeps you up at night?
0: I'll say right now, some of the greatest artists in the world, like Bram Stoker, who wrote, I think he wrote Dracula, right? Mm -hmm. Published it when he was 51. And so I broadly, as an artist, I'm not really in any rush to like, make incredible moves or like do incredible things because i just i know that i have time and i think we all have so much more time than we imagine but i'm also like i'm turning 30 in like a couple of months and i'm becoming much more aware of mortality in a general sense not not even so much about myself but like as uh, parents get older and as you know grandparents pass away and as generations move forward i think about these doors of, of relationships that we can have with people that kind of slowly close over time and it's just the nature of things but I think as I'm getting older I'm becoming more aware of that and needing to prioritize things a little bit differently that being said I sleep fine <laughs> so it's you know as much as I'm <clears throat> like more and more kind of aware of these things and like you know I have this new exciting thing where like my right pointer finger will like tremor for like 40 percent of the day if I try to you know focus on so that's exciting like that's a fun new feature of my right hand you know it's fine everything's fine sleep great and oh there's like a body scan method that's really helpful for falling asleep if anybody has trouble sleeping um where you just like one by one you 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 lay and you relax and you just like focus on different parts of your body and making sure like how relaxed are my ankles? Can they be more relaxed? It is the
2: thing. Mitch. <laughs> it is
0: the thing. What's the thing?
2: So our dad <laughs> when we couldn't sleep, yeah, when we couldn't sleep at night, our dad would do <laughs> this thing that we just called the thing, where like it's so stupid. <laughs> but so it was literally to set just, the just scene like meditation. a little bit
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. To a little bit we were living in Illinois, and basically <laughs> all of our rooms were on the second floor. And we had this kind of like open space with all the doors entering into this this hallway kind of area and he would sit down there and both me and melody would be in our own rooms with the doors open laying in our beds and he would just very calmly speak out loud and say think of the top of your head Relax.
2: Relax. relax your head yeah like relax literally your
1: head from relax the, your head to our toes all like, the way down your
2: arms your it was that's is your dad the
0: founder yeah. of like the headspace app like it's <laughs> the precursor to having he an app on your phone
2: honestly yeah, yeah. but it's so no, funny it when people bring thing. that up because i'm like wow I'm, i still do it though and it puts you to sleep immediately because it's so such quickly. a simple thing to just like relax you
1: yeah i just call meditation the thing
2: yeah the thing it's
0: great you're like i'm an avid practitioner of the thing and people are like what the fuck are you talking about and you're like you didn't my father you didn't sit outside of your room when you were <laughs> child."
1: yeah you, you mean he didn't record that tape for everybody
2: yeah
0: no okay. he should you should That's get nice. him to and I, I on a, think on we a serious did. note you I, did you did
1: It it was on like a cassette tape when we were kids, and I just don't know where it's at. Sometimes
2: he wouldn't be home, and we would play it. Or like if one of us was doing a show out of town or something, we would have it with us. Yeah, I don't know. Mom has to find that.
0: Is he still with us? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, get him to record it.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah. We'll
0: we'll get a better recording (laughs) of it.
2: Oh my god, amazing.
0: That's another thing. It's like as much as you know, people I think get too involved in like selfies and 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 hyper like sharing for the purpose of sharing, which is kind of a weird maybe toxic practice
1: Mm.
0: i'm a huge advocate for like getting recordings of things documenting because like again that's so fucking cool like you have the thing it's great get a recording of the thing even if it's not the same you know in 40 years you can play it for your respective kids or your you know your whatever you can play it for Mm -hmm. the legion of artists that you now control because of the (laughs) empire that artistic (laughs) beginnings has has become
2: we took over hi
0: (laughs) every every morning starts where you you gather your cult of artistic beginning beginners and uh and you you play the thing and they all go, the thing, the thing. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: the claw.
0: <laughs> Ooh, the
2: claw. <laughs> uh, okay, we have one more question. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and you kind of touched on this a little bit, but to a person that might be interested in pursuing the arts while still working a nine to five or, you know, someone who hasn't really done it before, what yeah. advice would you give them?
0: I will focus this cuz I think there are so many people who are better qualified to address other forms of art. I will say for voiceover and voice acting, there are 3 things that you kind of need in this modern era to practice voiceover and honestly you can. I mean for for about a year I was working 40 hours at a retail store and then doing about 20 hours of voiceover work a week and then like 12 hours of singing. It was it was not mm. an easy period of my life but you know i came out of it okay and i got better at all the things for voiceover you need the hardware you literally need the ability to record your voice to to some decent degree and a little bit of like knowledge of audio equipment you need training because it is a very specific like mental exercise and then you also need i guess just audition opportunities like you need places to find work yeah that's the thing so it's like places to find work or opportunities to find work the ability to record the work yourself and practice and, and work on your craft and uh, training because you kind of need to know what you're doing. And that training doesn't have to be super expensive. So for people who are like, oh, I work as a banker and I want to pursue voiceover or like I want to look at being, you know, whatever it is, I'm typically like, cool, you know, for a hundred bucks, you can take like an intro to class or you can take like a a very broad introductory class that gets you starting to ask the right questions. There are some fantastic books that are that are not that expensive. The website, I want to be a is a really fantastic resource, a lot of really great information there. Fun fact, uh, did either of you watch uh, Avatar The Last Airbender? Yes. Mm-hmm. So you know Appa and Momo, the yes. big bison the big and animals. the little my and the, favorite. <laughs> and the, the little lemur. And then do you remember the episode with the oh river people? <laughs> and they're like, We're not river people. What kind of people are you? Uh, it's the secret mm-hmm. tunnel, secret tunnel, that whole thing. Mm-hmm. Yes. The, that guy and Appa and Momo are all voiced by the same person, uh, D. Bradley Baker. He's a wizard. He's incredible. He does a lot of really great animal noises anyway. So I want to be a voice actor is his website. And it's a fantastic place where there's lots of really good information about different types of microphones and different types of training and different resources out there. Uh, again, it's like find the things that inspire you and find the things that you really are driven to understand that the arts is not a lucrative place you're not going to like oh i have four hours a week i'm going to become a millionaire no like it's going to be a lot of doing work for almost no money if any money at all for a long 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 time and eventually you might make money but if the point is the money you're never really going to make it it's got to be it's really got to be something uh, like a labor of love so i'd say find the thing that you you love right like I never want that to be discouraging, but I just want to emphasize, like, if you hear, oh, there's a voice actress in California who makes $130,000 a year doing audiobooks, that's great. I want to do that. I want to make that money reading books. That sounds wonderful. If you don't actually love the 40 hours of labor it takes to make a book and you don't actually enjoy those 40 hours, you're just like leaving your awful nine to five office job for a new awful nine to five job that is very different, but it's not going to be fulfilling, right? Like, I think it's it really is a matter of finding things that you're passionate about. But I'll also say there's no harm in having hobbies. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. you can be a voice actor for fun, and you can be an artist for fun, and you can be a musician for fun, like so much. And I encourage you to do funny voices, like play around with doing character impressions and think about how you show anger in the tone of your voice and think about how you show compassion and sensitivity in the tone of your voice and just have fun being aware of the tool set that you have always had and will always have probably to some degree because you know that in some ways and maybe you both have felt this as well like when you start getting paid for a passion it can be difficult because it's like uh, i don't really feel like it today but it's my job Mm -hmm. it's my job to do the thing that i love to do but when you don't love to do it it becomes a sort of torturous uh experience so my my advice for people is find what you're passionate about and do it and don't worry about the money just have fun
1: Hey guys, thanks for listening.
2: You can find out more about our guest on his website, www.leowiggins.com, on Instagram, at VO, and on a podcast he produces called Lore Party Podcast.
1: You can find that information and more about Leo on our website, www.artisticpodcast.com. That's also where you'll be able to find a link to get the cards that we talk about with the tongue twisters.
2: If you like the conversation, let us know by giving us a review on Apple Podcasts. It really helps other people like you find the show and gives us a chance to know who's listening.
1: For updates on new episodes and content, you can follow us at The Artistic Pod on Instagram and Facebook.
2: Thanks again for listening, and we'll catch you next week.